Hello, everyone. This is Attorney General Keith Ellison with Affording Your Life, your podcast about fairness, justice, and consumer information. This is not legal advice, but important information you can use to help you afford your life. Cheryl LaChapelle, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Keith. I mean, uh, Attorney General Ellison. That's right, my sister. But you know, you call me Keith, you know. Sherilyn, we do go back, you know. I'm so glad that you agreed to be on the advisory task force on lowering pharmaceutical drug prices. Now, you're a busy person and you're in demand. Why did you say, I'll do it? Well, I'll make this simple. In 2016, my brother died of cancer. Oh, my. He owned a trucking company in Swickley, Pennsylvania. Uh, he was dying of prostate cancer. They had to reverse mortgage their home in the land. And um, one month after he ran out of everything, it was 5000 after insurance for the medication that was keeping him alive. And by the way, his wife died six months later of cancer. They had lung cancer and he had prostate. So you're talking about a successful man who was able to put together some resources, no small thing for an African-American person, and he lost it all because he got sick. That's what you're yeah, saying. No house, they had to reverse mortgage that. Yeah, so even when he passed away, he had nothing. there was no legacy for the children. The healthcare system gobbled up yes. his life's work and the assets that he built. Yeah, that's a, that's a heartbreak. Um, you know, I want to put a quote in front of you, which I think is appropriate to this conversation. Martin Luther King has, uh, has said, uh, of all the forms of inequality, injustice in healthcare is the most shocking and inhumane. Now, the story you just told me was shocking and inhumane. What do you yeah. think of that quote? You know, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I started out as a nurse in 74 Cook County Hospital in Chicago. Yep. Everything was free there. Yep. People from three states, if they could get there, they came there for their health care. You could get teeth, glasses, whatever you need, surgery, and the medications were free. Mm -hmm. To me, that's single payer. Yeah. To me, that's what everybody needs. And the patients who were regular at the clinic were healthier people. Right. They, they came into the hospital less frequently and the ICU even less frequently because their needs were met at a lower health level. Yeah, you know, it seemed like our healthcare system is not about keeping people healthy, it's more about extracting money out of people. It's a disease system. Well, it's not a health system. It's right. all about disease and well, all about making money on the end of the pharmaceutical insurance and hospital industry. Well, you know, I will also tell you that I'm really glad that you're on our task force and speaking up as, uh, I know you were the president of the Black Nurses Association. What are some of the other things you've done in the healthcare world? I mean, you're, you're a nurse, of course, but, but can you just talk about some of your experience as well? Okay, mm -hmm. I've started out on trauma, mm -hmm. burns at Cook County, became a nurse practitioner in general surgery, moved here, uh, my husband was with Honeywell, worked at the U of M Surgical ICU, Hennepin County Trauma Services. I was the first interventional nurse. They made the job for me. I was on the Biomedical Ethics Committee there, professional mm. practice. I was a cultural diversity trainer. I mean, I have done everything in healthcare 
that you can do, and I do community and public health, and I do things with Health Fair 11, yep. which is funded by Medtronic Foundation and UCARE and the Health Fair 11 Foundation. And we bring health care to people who need it right on the street. Many of them don't have insurance. They mm -hmm. don't know where to go when they're ill. We sent people to the emergency room that blood pressures were so high and their blood glucose. Now, if those people go in, have a stroke, we could have prevented that at the clinic level, providing medicine, uh, checking them out. But when we send them to the ER, they're usually going to the ICU. You might be talking twenty, thirty thousand dollars there. Right. right? No kidding. It's actually an amazing thing. You know, I like the idea of having more decentralized, accessible yes. healthcare access. You know, you know. Let's talk diabetes a little. Okay. So African-Americans in particular have higher uh, percentage of diabetes than whites do. Uh, but just in terms of all Americans, they say about 30 million Americans have diabetes. About one in four don't know it. And about 100 million Americans have diabetes or pre-diabetes. And that's like a lot of people. High percentage of those are African-Americans. Is this fight to lower drug prices an African-American <laughs> fight too? Actually, it's an African-American fight, but even more than that, every human being on the planet, they need drugs to stay alive. Yeah. Our body is made up of many biochemical reactions, and insulin is the door opener right. to allow energy into the body, into the cells. Mm. And if you don't get insulin to open up the cells, the brain starves. Well, you know, it's interesting <laughs> you say that because... You have gotten to be friends and colleagues with Nicole Smith, yeah. and she's a, the co-chair of our, of our task force. And people ask her, well, why didn't your son go to the ER? Why didn't he call you? Why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? She said, look, you know, once you start going into keto acidosis, it affects it's your fast. brain. Yeah. You can't think. Mm -hmm. You cannot think. And then the next step is diabetic coma, and you die. Right. If you aren't given insulin to open up those doors to let the energy into the cells to vitalize the brain. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> one of the things, you know, people sit back in uh, legislative hearing rooms and have like uh, quick answers as to what somebody else should have done. But that's because they don't seem to know the, the medicine, the science behind the disease. Well, it doesn't affect anybody in their family yet. Yeah, but when it does, when it does, we're going to see some fast legislation, some changes, just like in uh, maternity stays in hospitals. I don't know if that was in Washington where they wanted women to leave a day after they gave birth, mm. and some senator's wife was discharged, and the baby had uh, high bilirubin and some other things, and the mother was bleeding a little bit, and honey, quickly, hospitals stopped doing that. Yeah, 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 you know, well... I mean, but we've got to raise the issue. I'm hoping that we can really talk about insulin, but also, though, EpiPen. Epinephrine, yes. Epinephrine. And by the way, epinephrine is actually not very expensive. It's cheap. Look, we but used to carry vials of it at Cook County, and, and vials, you know, and they drop on the floor, big deal. We get another one. Right. Uh, you have uh, asthma. We take a tuberculin syringe, 0.3. We give you three shots of those 15 minutes apart. I work the ER, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and then give you some nibs. But, yeah, I don't know how something 
twice as old as me, yeah. it's costing so much. Well, it's the pin. That's the problem. So the what? Pin. It's the pin. I'm right. How much does plastic cost? Right. I agree. <laughs> but they patent the, the delivery system. Criminal. And, and, so, and, they, and they charge you. Well, you know, you recommended a book that uh, our committee yes. should read. You want to share the book with them? Absolutely. It's called Deadly Monopolies, The Corporate Takeover of Life Itself. And this is uh, by Harriet A. Washington, a brilliant woman researcher. And it reads like a novel, but it's a research book. And it's, uh, you can't even sue her because she researched everything. And in the back <laughs> yeah. of the book, maybe 100 pages of references. Yeah, they don't. So I got the book, <laughs> and I'm reading the book right now. And, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do is with the task force, uh, we're really trying to educate ourselves so that we can educate the public, so that we can make some proposals yes. to help people. Tell me, um, what, do you, what do you hope the task force can actually do? People always want to know, okay, you got a task force, just going to write a report and that's it? What no. Are you, what are your thoughts? Because I'm really, uh, my, uh, another member of my family does have diabetes. Yeah. Uh, and other things. <laughs> But, no, I'm very angry. I really want to see single-payer yeah. and yeah. negotiated drug prices. But for us to be an ethical society, uh, the country owes its citizens something, like health care, just like they feel you owe your life to go fight in a war and die on foreign soil. Yeah. So that should go two ways. Yeah, that's right. So people are are asked to step up for the yeah. for citizenship. Demanded. Demanded, you, you got to do this. <laughs> But what about what the society should do for the people who are members of this society? Absolutely. And, you know, the politicians in Washington and other places are saying, oh, single payer is too expensive. Well, people, let me just tell you, every politician has single payer. And guess who pays for it? We do. Well, you know, I mean, here's, you know, guess who else has single payer? The military. Oh, yeah. You know? And they deserve it. Yeah. And, and, and who else has, has it? Well, I think that... Uh, Medicare is a single payer. System. It is, and it works. And and so you know this all this stuff about being scared of single payer doesn't make any sense. It's it, it's, it's around us. I love my Medicare. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a good Part D as well, but yes, yeah, single payer is the way to go. When I traveled to Europe, I became ill in Barcelona. I was at the World Health Organization meetings, mm -hmm. and I went to the hospital and I pulled out my Blue Cross Blue Shield card. They said, "What is that?" They didn't want it. <laughs> So yeah. I'm thinking, maybe they want cash. No, no. Mm -hmm. And it was like, they gave me the medicine. Right. And see you later. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. But that's a real civilized country, okay? Yeah. Any place that does that, that treats me as a human being and, have, and my life as having value, not a price tag, but value, mm -hmm. is a civilized nation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, ever since our colleague Nicole Smith Holt lost her son, we've seen more kids get lost to the the high price of uh, yes. of, of uh, insulin. I mean, it, it seems like you wonder where does it all end. After we get this report, do you think that we need to mobilize community to really make some of these things into law? As you know, I think we need to get started now. Okay. I think we need to become very, very angry. Because the next person diagnosed with uh, diabetes 
or even allergies that could possibly close your airway and cause you to die without epi might be you or a loved one. Sure. We need to, yes, mobilize. We need to show up down here at the Capitol. We need to fill buses and go to Washington. Sure. Because your very lives depend on it. This is not just happy talk. Your life really does depend on it. Maybe you haven't had the instance where you don't have your medication. The next step after diabetes, people lose their kidneys. Now we're talking mm. about dialysis. Uh, that's a catastrophic illness. Millions of dollars get spent on one person to keep them alive. But beyond all that, don't you want your kidneys? Because you may not get a transplant. That's right. You might want to make the ones you got work out. <laughs> yes. And then you can have strokes, sure. heart attacks. Those are all complications of diabetes. Mm. And people need to be aware. Right now, I'm on the new uh, task force with the Minnesota Department of Health, cardiovascular and diabetes. We're working on the 2030 Healthy People Plan. Sure, sure. So uh, that'll be criteria and things to look at for what to do, what to strive for. Right, right. And so, you know, I, would you say that the uh, finance of our healthcare system is at a crisis level for particularly working people? Absolutely. And when I hear people say, I want to keep the insurance I have, <laughs> I want to laugh because until you become ill, <laughs> you do not know what your insurance covers. Well, let me just be clear. <laughs> you know, I, I have, I get health care like everybody else does. And I actually wish I did have single payer. I don't. I got a health insurance company and a card. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I would gladly replace them for a system that uh, allowed me to get the health care that I needed, didn't have outrageous deductibles, That's didn't right. have outrageous co-pays, uh, didn't. I mean, it would, be, it would be great as far it as I'm be. concerned. What I don't understand is, you know, people say, well, you know, you heard the debates in Miami and in Detroit. Well, are you saying that people aren't going to be able to have their health insurance company? People don't care about their health insurance company. They just want health. They want health. Oh, right. right. Health care and health care insurance ain't the same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> you know? And I, I, my answer to that is for everyone out there who say they want to keep their same insurance, I want you to call up the insurance and I want you to ask these two questions. If I go in the hospital and I run up a $100,000 bill, how much do I have to pay with the coverage that I have? Usually it's 20%. So that'd be about $20,000. Who's got that lying around? Yeah, who has $20,000 just sitting in an account? I bet I do know one person who has that kind of money, <laughs> a CEO of a healthcare insurance company. Of course. The, <laughs> you know, nice billion-dollar uh, <laughs> bonus. You know, my God, who should be so lucky? Well, you know, yeah, the recently the JAMA and the, you know, the Journal of American, American Medical Association, mm-hmm. they recently did the, you know, they, they annually report the CEO pay, and obviously, you know, they – the average uh, CEO of a healthcare insurance company makes 84 times the average worker at the yep. healthcare insurance company. I mean, it, it's nowhere even close to what they, their colleagues make. And so, like you said, it's a profit-driven system. It has absolutely nothing to do with the uh, care of people. It's amoral. Yeah. And they don't care whether you live or die. And I used to say, if you're really sick, and you can't get what you need. They really hope you die before you run up that bill. Yeah. Because uh, it's all about money. Sure. And sure. it's sad. Well, you know what? I tell you, one thing you've said today that I hope everybody really, many things, but one thing in particular, 
you've said is that we need people to really take this on as a as an issue, and we need to. You said the buses to Washington, people involved. We can't really complete the work of our task force if after we make our recommendations and findings, people don't pick them up Absolutely. and carry them forward. Do you, what do you think about that? I agree, and I think every nurse and every doctor that cares about their patients and public health and community health and everybody who has anything to do with helping people to be all that they can be should be leading the charge wherever they are, encouraging people mm -hmm. to get involved. Now, you know, I do. I don't want to wrap up the show before I ask about your uh, service as a nurse. Nurses are unique people in the healthcare system. They're, they're the people who the patients. Yeah, you're here for nursing care. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, talk about talk about why you became a nurse and why you moved up to be a nurse practitioner and what that has meant to you. Well, my mother was actually pushing nursing like drugs because mm. my sister Deborah is a nurse practitioner. Oh, she wow. got her doctorate last year. Oh, congrats. And my mom was a nurse. She was an LPN. It's in the family. Yeah, she made sure. <laughs> mm. But I am very grateful because it has been very fulfilling to me to be able to be blessed and put in a position to help others. Mm -hmm. And I've always taken that seriously. Right, right. Well, it's clear that you care not only about the health of the patient, but about the health of our society as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and I just want to say I see you working on uh, issues of public concern all the time, whether it's this task force, whether it's issues of racial justice, no matter what it is, you can find Sister yeah. Sherilyn LaChapelle demanding justice. Well, I, I work on housing. housing. I was on Solid Ground's uh, board of directors six years. I rotated off. But we provide housing with wraparound services to homeless families. Oh, yeah. And oh, I'm yeah. on NICAD's board, Network for the Development of Children of African Descent. And I was on the JDAI Steering Committee for Hennepin County Juvenile Justice Diversionary Task Force. Mm -hmm. It was to try to find alternatives to keep youth out of the system, give mm -hmm. them another chance. Oh, yeah. Well, all these things are dealing with the health of society. It's a public health issue. And well, you know, and, and we do, I mean, and you're aware of the social determinants of health. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You don't have a job, how can you be healthy? If you don't have a job, you can't buy adequate food. You can't gain housing. Yeah. Uh, the stressors of that will cause aberrant or violent behavior or, or just anger. Mm -hmm. and, and of course you can't access the healthcare system. You have no insurance. Uh, healthy food. So we have to start looking at health care as a whole. Mm -hmm. Your teeth aren't separate from your body. Nope. Dental care should be included automatically and not $1,500 a year. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> dental care, eye care. Um, behavioral know, health. Behaving, behavioral health. Hearing. You Absolutely. Know, there are all kinds of things that are kind of treated a la carte. You know? They are. It's insane. Yeah. And other countries don't do this. No. But they do it here. And it's all to bleed more money from the consumer. They figure you're desperate, you'll pay. Yeah. So it's really different from a regular market, right? Because everybody <laughs> who shows up for them is is highly motivated consumer. They have to buy what you're selling 
at the price you demand yes. or they die. You're a hostage. You're a hostage. And like, <laughs> to the system. <laughs> yeah. And we've got to come together and do something about it. Yeah. Well, hey, look, thanks for coming to oh, be you're on welcome. Um, Affording Your Life. <laughs> Thank well, you. Affording Your Life is the name of our podcast. And we're really pleased that you joined us today. And the issue of health care, drug prices, I think is a critical issue. You want to take us out? Yes. And please, everybody, take this to heart. I really need you and your family and the rest of the community to get involved. And those of you out there who didn't vote last time who said, well, it's not going to matter anyway. Well, look at what we have in the White House. So I'm telling you, it matters. Policy matters. And all politics is local. Then we get to the national level. So if you are worried about some resources that you need that are governmental, you better vote to make sure the right person gets in there who will continue those policies. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is Attorney General Keith Ellison with Affording Your Life, the show about fairness, justice, and consumer information. We're not distributing legal advice here. If you have a legal problem, either call us or contact an attorney. Check in and see us next time on Affording Your Life with Attorney General Keith Ellison. Thank you very much.